0: Welcome to episode 25 of Get Out A Wrap. Quite a milestone and a great episode to mark that milestone. Today I talk to Donna Elliott and Cheryl Lee, who after a career in contact centres, leading 800 odd people at a senior level, Donna and Cheryl set up Now Is Your Time, uh, coaching and holistic kind of executive service for aimed predominantly at women but also men and I can speak first hand to benefit from their services. They're great people to have on the podcast and um, they share a lot of tips and especially if you're someone who uh, understands or has suffered from imposter syndrome, this is a, a great episode so hope you enjoy it. Hello everyone, I'm really looking forward to this podcast episode, it's been a long time coming. Um, I've been lucky enough to get to know Donna Elliott and Cheryl Lee, firstly through LinkedIn and then um, working with them. They are the two founders of Now Is Your Time, Um, lovely lovely ladies, experts in what they do and I'm really pleased to have them on. So hello both.
1: Hello. Hello! This has been a while in the making, hasn't it? We've been saying we would do this for ages.
0: Exactly. You've even got one of the. You've even got the mugs, but we haven't done the podcast yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, we've had the mug since October, so yeah. that sort of says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> we'll have to send you your fort over with our mugs. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Um, we talk. Well, I mean, we could cover loads and loads of different um, things. Can maybe just start with, like I say, I came across um, the two of you on LinkedIn. Love your loved your content that you were sharing um and then that led me to kind of look into now is your time but maybe you could just talk talk to us about how that how that started and and what what it is you do
2: definitely absolutely so i'll let's take you back um so donna and i met uh over 15 years ago in corporate so we both worked for a financial services company um at the time Donna was came in as a senior manager and I joined the company was there for a couple of months and then was promoted to a senior manager so we worked alongside each other and um when we met each other we just became soul sisters there was just something about our energy our values that just clicked instantly Mm -hmm. and then um we worked together for ten years, but over that time Donna then became the, the leader of the contact centre. So she ran the site with eight hundred people in and I was I, I became a right hand woman. We <laughs> <laughs> had fun. A right hand man, a right hand woman. <laughs> um, so we, we we had a great time, didn't we? We had world class yeah. engagement stores scores won contact centre of the year a couple of times. I we're really, we were both in leadership role, but one of the things that we were both really good at and loved was the coaching aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after working together for 10 years, we both went in our different journeys to different corporate organizations. But we always said that we would come back together and work, work together in our own business and make a difference in the world. We didn't know when or how or what that would be. Um, and then two years ago, Donna was consultant, so she had set up her own business. So she was going in and doing transformational change with different organisations. And I was fortunately made redundant from my last corporate role. Um, and at the time, everything just aligned. Donna had been had a coach, so she'd invested in her own coach, and she had made some realisations about wanting to be a coach. And then. I was made redundant, so I was just going to set up my business doing talent leadership and and coaching with corporate organizations. And we said we'd do a bit of work together. Um, And then in the April, my dad already had a terminal illness, but he became seriously ill and passed away in the May. And we both just had a bit of a realization, like what on earth are we waiting for? Donna had set up a coaching domain 20 years previously, (laughs) not done anything with it because she had limiting beliefs and fears. I'd done all of my NLP, neuro-linguistic programming qualifications, numerous years earlier, and had limiting beliefs and fears. So we both knew that we wanted to coach. So it was just a bit of an aha moment. And then um, I remember like had some time off after my dad's funeral, went back to HQ, which is Donna's kitchen, HQ. (laughs) And um, Donna was like, I've been looking into this online coaching stuff. You know, like um, all these different female entrepreneurs who were global coaches. I think there might be something in it. That's how it started. That's how Now Is Your Time started, and mm-hmm. that was like two years ago. And then just yeah, the rest is history. It, now Is Your Time was born then, wasn't it, Donna?
1: Yeah, and, and I think for us, Martin, the thing was I was watching all these women. I could see all these coaches, but and there was loads of leadership coaches, loads of people telling you how to run your business, but there wasn't many women of our age getting real and talking about life lessons, talking about the stuff that's really shaped you. And there was clearly still a lot of um, like shaming going on around people talking about their real life experiences. And we were like, well, if if people aren't really talking about the reason why they've got the limiting beliefs or the reason that these traumas have caused them to have, you know, limiting um, views of what women can do with their life, If nobody's talking about it, how do we ever move past it? And I remember that day sitting in the kitchen with Cheryl saying, there's a a theory that if you just talk about your story and you're honest and you're vulnerable and you put your head above the parapet, so to speak, that actually what would that do? What would that look like if we talked about more than leadership? And leadership is still so important to us. But the thing that we learned, I think the reason that we were really good as leaders, Martin, was we talked about what lay under that, like layers and layers, about what made the person happy in the job or not happy. And that was, I think, why we had such great engaged teams, because we, we were just real. We talked about the human stuff, not the sales targets. And we always bred a real um, culture in where we worked that was about loyalty and integrity and trust and all the values that Cheryl and I held really dear. That was what we spent time doing. So we were, we were just, we just I remember sitting in the kitchen, this is literally like a week after our dad's funeral, just saying like, I think we could do something really different here because I don't see people our age doing what we could do and being honest and open about it, like in places like LinkedIn. And maybe they're there, I just hadn't found them. Mm. And that, that was literally how it started. And we founded the company the next
2: week. And, and it was interesting because we did some work, didn't we, on our life lessons, as we call them, because we went back and literally, we call them the pit moments. Those moments in your life that are really tough and difficult, but which help to define who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And we both have had different journeys, but we both suffered from having low, low confidence, self-belief. We didn't feel worthy, didn't feel good enough didn't feel like we deserved to be the best have the best in mm-hmm. life and also we didn't at times know who we were so we'd lost our identity along the way in our lives as women and really it was only in our 30s wasn't it Donna where mm-hmm. we started to discover some of those things with all of the work we've done so Donna and I have like spent 10 to 15 years working on this working stuff it out. So it yeah. feel like. and we were like right Let's talk about that and see if it resonates with anyone. And then what can we do as mind, mind, mindset and leadership experts to help women to and men, we have male clients as well, but to accelerate so it doesn't take them 10 to 15 years yeah. to be like we do. Let's do it in six months. <laughs> so that's how we started to develop some of our programs. We, we, we've been through all the pain and come out the other side and we, we want to help other people to be able to have yes, the life yeah. that, we, that they deserve, that we have. Mm.
0: And some of this was these kind of um, realizations and the the moments you talk about that led to what then became like this epiphany moment of doing now is your now is your time were born in a world of contact centers of you know fast paced, challenging, um, and it it takes some bravery I think for you to lead the way you did um, where it is where you are okay to talk about emotions and and feelings did did the the real concept of kind of the importance of coaching was that born in the to from doing the day-to-day job did you sort of see what coaching can do if done properly
1: yeah and I think my first experience of really seeing coaching done properly was when I had a senior role at the company Slimming World because Margaret Miles Bramwell who owns Slimming World um is so passionate about don't ever talk about the issue that presents itself. Talk about the thing that's sitting under that. And then the thing that's sitting under that. And she, when, when I worked with that company many, many years ago, it was really that first glimpse. I remember her introducing me to Ken Blanchard, you know, the one minute manager stuff and situational leadership. And I, and and I had been before that in a contact center for four years at BT. And with all due respect, I mean, you know, you're going back a long time ago, I'm old, but this is like, Twenty odd years ago, and I just remember thinking this leadership, this I do, this command control thing just didn't work for me. And I remember thinking I don't want to be I don't want to be a manager, which was the word they had there, because I don't want to tell people what to do. I want to help tell people be really great. And I was only in my early twenties when I went to Slimmer World, and then saw that this whole other way of actually bringing out the best in people, and the training that I had there was phenomenal. And I was like, this is a bit of me. Situational leadership, I remember just thinking, that to me makes perfect sense. Like, I really felt like I'd come home. (laughs) You you know what I mean? So, And I think I, wherever I went and in contact centres, took that because I I, I only stayed away from contact centres for two years and I'm back into them and took all of that knowledge and was always keen to work with the HR teams and the companies that was in. It kind of helped at a foundational level, build that leadership of situational leadership knowledge with people and that leading wholeheartedly and leading with authenticity. That was just for for me. And then when I met Cheryl, that was why we gelled because for me, that was just good sense. Like I didn't know it was a thing. It was just sensible that if somebody felt comfortable when they came to work, you were going to get more out of them. Yeah. that was absolutely. it really <laughs> you know ultimately you were a winner as a leader because your people felt happy they wanted to come to work through thick and thin and they they would give so much of themselves to us because they genuinely it was hearts and minds for us it was always about
2: hearts and minds not about results we knew that that would be a lag effect absolutely and that I, I was um i was working at churchill at the time this was before it was part of the royal bank of scotland and that was my first I was an agent on the phone, customer service, I always had to be the best in the team, you know, this internal competitive edge that I had, because <laughs> so I didn't feel good enough about anything, so I always had to be the best, and then uh, I remember uh, Claire, who was my team leader at the time, said, you could do my job, it was like the first ding, like a light bulb went on in my head, and I was like, all right, okay, um, so then I became a team leader then, made loads of mistakes, it was, mom, you know, being a mum to the team, and, Then when I was trying to cut the apron strings, they wouldn't perform on their own, you know, did all of that stuff where (laughs) I got it wrong. But um, I just seemed to have a natural ability to coach because I did did lots of coaching programs. Luckily, they had a great culture and they were really into coaching. So I just knew that to get, it wasn't about the number, the results, the score, card, whatever. I just knew, I, I can't explain where it came from. It was about the person, what gets them out of bed in the morning, what lights them up showing that you care because you genuinely do care and mm-hmm. is what's gonna but it just it just seemed to come naturally. It, it's but then you evolve and you you, you add and you you obviously de- you, um what's the word I'm looking for? You perfect your skill yeah. or your expertise, yeah. or you want to call it, if you go along. Yeah.
0: Now my um you mentioned earlier that you a lot of your focus is um, on women and women in business. Yeah. You also have male clients. Well, I'm one. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> and also someone in my team. And we've, we've massively seen the benefits of, of working um, with the two of you and, lo- and love doing so. What, um, what do now is your time offer? What, what are the things that you do and are passionate about? Uh, and what do you hope to achieve with the people that you work with?
1: we like for us it's really simple we just want you to have be do anything that is in your heart's desire right so we know that most people are being complacent in their life and they are just getting on with it and they <laughs> rushing to get the friday so that they can enjoy a couple of days off work and just from our experience because it is our experience that you can do that and you get caught up in it, but actually you're not really being the best version of you. And there is so much more that's available to you. If you focus on getting happy, finding your bliss and doing more of that. Um, So for me and Cheryl, when we're working with people, it's really about finding out from wherever they are now, where would they love to be? Like if all bets are off, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would your life look like? And helping them create that, and it all starts with mind, like mindset is, is what we do, helping people get out of
2: their own way so they can have whatever their vision is. Because like with both of our stories, we, we, even though we were great coaches, you can coach yourself so far as you know, there's only so much you can do with just yourself. Uh, so we had all these limiting beliefs and fears that hold us back and that comes from your, your conditioning, your values, your beliefs, labels that people of your parents, work colleagues have put on you as you've grown up to whatever age it is, uh, and whatever age you are. So you have all of these beliefs and fears, and have got no evidence to back them up. But the beliefs that you've formed about yourself, about your life, and a lot of people don't even question. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody else may have the life of the dreams, and they might be doing what I want to do, but they've got this really firm belief that that's not possible for them, mm-hmm. and we just want to help people to bust all of these limiting beliefs and just get out of their own way. Because if somebody else can have a life, the dream life that you desire, then you can absolutely have it too. Um, So that's what we want. We want everybody to get up and just know that they can have the life that they desire and be the best version of themselves.
0: And why, um, one of the things you mentioned there about kind of self-limiting beliefs or getting in your own way does does that manifest itself in in imposter syndrome yeah and what what is that for those that don't know
1: yeah so imposter syndrome is it's a psychological condition and it's a it's when you think or believe that you are basically a fraud that the results that you're getting in your life aren't to do with your gifts and talent but they're actually just lucky happenstance. It's just circumstance. It's just very lucky. Yes, I used to think when I was, you know, I'd get promoted and I'd get this big job, then I'd have this big site and then I'd get more money. And I just think, God, I'm just lucky. It's just because I've got people like Cheryl on my team doing all the work. Like it's not me. And you have then this just this whole fraud complex going on. you're feeling like you're a liar and feeling like you're gonna get found out. I used to call it the talent police. I used to think like any minute now, someone's going to come and say, how have you, a girl from a council estate with a proper Geordie accent, got, you know, hundreds of staff and this money and this car and this house and I'm going to take your lanyard off you. That's <laughs> like, and every day I'd go in and if I managed to wing it, wing it in my head through the day and get home, I'd be like, that's another day. And it's horrible because it's really exhausting because you're trying so hard, Martin, to not get caught out and the more money you get and the more um the higher profile your job you know that the the fall is going to be greater so it's very lonely because you don't know who to tell you don't know who to talk to and what we know is well recent studies are saying as many as 88% of high performing females which are the biggest group of people impacted by it are have experienced imposter syndrome at some point in their life and we know from the incredible women that we've worked with and some men, men get it too. Um, but that is a big part often of what's stopping them getting to the boardroom. That and the fact that they're so burnt out on the journey to get there, by the time it's within sniffing distance, you just snap it and you tap out. <laughs> like that is a big part of what
2: happens sometimes. And it can lead to like health problems as well as burnout, but like anxiety, even depression, because the voice, the imposter is this, is a voice, a negative voice that you have in your head, which is telling you that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy. Who would listen to this? You're from South Shields. Everyone thinks you're thick. And when it's at its worst, it can be, one of our clients described as a pneumatic drill but she didn't know it was just, it was our imposter. It was just a thought. And we, once we are aware of our thoughts, we can choose to think a different thought when Mm -hmm. you don't have that awareness and it's constant, constant, constant. It can lead to like health problems. Yeah. um, Which isn't, which isn't good. So.
0: I I, I mean, I think we have spoken in the past, this really resonates with, with me and with people in my team and career um, now, but I can, I distinctly remember, getting a senior, the, the most senior position I'd had at the time and being in a, a group within a group of people this was in this was actually in, in Turkey but looking around thinking I am so unlike everyone else here what they talk about what they wear how they conduct themselves and how the hell am I here it's like oh, I've got here by accident
2: yeah.
0: um, and I, it, it, it eats away at your confidence. So I can remember being sat in a room and just because of the, in my office, just because of the experiences through comparison, thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. I genuinely don't know what I'm doing. I mean, there were, there were many times when I genuinely didn't.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but then it's only through going through it and over time that you can look back and go, you were there for a reason. You know, I, I was lucky that someone, um, a, a, my boss at the time, she said to me, you're there for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, so trust your, trust your ability, but it's hard when you do have that kind of inner voice saying, "Yeah, y- you don't know, look at these guys, they conduct themselves in, the, in a certain way, they're very confident, blah, 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 and you're just yeah. going, you're listing all the things that you think you are not, with no evidence.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Why is it more, why is it something that you, you know, that's stuck there. Why is it something that's more prevalent in, for, for women? Is it just the way society is structured against them? Or what do you see with your clients? How do you address that?
1: So I, I, my belief, it's more prevalent in women. It's just because of how women think. So women are more um, geared from a mindset perspective, from an emotional perspective, to worry about what other people think of them and to you know the build communities of the caregivers the the right left brain thing yeah so inherently women look more outwardly for approval than men do as a general rule and and again it's to do with emotional awareness it's to do like Cheryl said with upbringing Um, but you know for me personally I grew up with parents who told me that I could be do or have anything that I wanted but I was still plagued by this like you said this inner voice just constantly questioning us and when you've got this question going round and round in your head or this voice saying you're not good enough who the hell do you think you are like Cheryl said when you think the thought often enough it becomes a belief and when something's a belief it becomes part of your identity you then don't question it so that voice isn't a you know something that just happens it's something you genuinely believe that's you you believe what it's telling you after a while so you stop questioning it and that's what we find is that with the women that we've worked with sometimes when we shed this like this amazing conversation that we're having martin sometimes that's the first thing time that they've heard somebody's told them that they're not going mad that it's just a voice it's just a belief that's being created by repeated thought from wherever it doesn't matter but there's a toolkit that you can use to stop the voice like my voice is still there it still tells me when I go into a room with incredible people or meet somebody like you like God, you're not gonna be able to coach him I know so much more than you who do you think you are but but it drives me and that's the thing is you take the good you can you can take it because it'll drive you to want to be better but it's not letting it overcome you overwhelm you have you you know, your perfectionist tendency, screaming and working 20 hours a day because you think you've got to work harder than anybody else to prove yourself. So when you know how to manage the voice, you can take the good of it, if it, it'll push you, but you don't have to be a slave to it.
2: And I think, just to add on to that, and just, to, I don't know what Donna's saying there, is our brains are designed to prove ourselves right. So how has just described, when we form that belief as part of our identity, we look for evidence to confirm that that belief's true. Mm -hmm. So use Donna's example. She's got it. she'll run a site with 800 people, top performing results, world-class engagement results. And Donna's got a belief that it's just a team and all of the other stuff that's happening around her day to day of all the incredible things she's doing. She's, we call it delete and distort in NLP language. You delete and distort all of that evidence and you just look for the evidence to confirm your belief. So there's all of this stuff happening in our in our lives, and we're just not even tuned into it. Mm-hmm. Because so once we start to change the thoughts and change the beliefs, and then we start to look for evidence to confirm that positive things, then that's how we start to rewire our mindset. I just wanted to come back as well, just around the women, the, the women, mm-hmm. and why more women um, can suffer from imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I still feel like society i still feel like there's still that conditioning that culture those labels in society of and it is changing and i think there's more younger like maybe it's my daughter my daughter's 22 that age the millennials are coming through and they're much more go-getters and want to set their own businesses up and believe that they could be anything but i still think maybe it's our generation you know around that age is still brought up in society and have labels around it's a man's world some women have to be at home and look after the kids and the men work and i still think that there is still some of that um because we've experienced it with our parents and it's still like that in some Mm -hmm. of the organizations and some of the corporate organizations we've worked in the higher up as women we get
0: it's funny isn't it because we i think there's definitely more awareness so the leadership team i'm in now is misrepresented based on our the makeup of our company and society in general in that there are not enough females in it but i think you, you look for positives that, that at least now the people in there are questioning what can we do about this how do we yeah. address this certainly one of the things i love about the contact center industry i've i've been in a minority i've through the going up the different stratas more of my colleagues and my bosses have been female but there does seem to be this still and maybe to your point it will be smashed by the next generation but there still seems to be what they call the glass ceiling or or, or whatever where there's great representation even at a senior level but then as when the c level or the boards or whatever that then looks like something from another time um yeah. but you yeah. work with you work with people at, at at all levels and what are the things that how do you help or what could you share with people i know you do so there's so much content and things that you you offer for free on facebook and, and linkedin and i will always i'm pointing people in my team to that um, does it depend on the level that the people you work at, what you do with them, I guess, or is it just individually based?
2: It's very interesting because we've worked with women who run multiple seven figure businesses, authors, women who were senior in record labels, mums, women who were returning back to work after bringing their family up and the core, Things that they're telling themselves: I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy. Lacking in self confidence. Lacking in self belief. Like there's a very common thread going across all of those women, regardless of how much money they earn or what they've done in their lives. And women, we 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 talk about this all the time. Donna tells them, "No, start buying a brag book." Like as women, we feel, and it is different to a lot of men. Like we feel embarrassed shouting about how good we are and oh I mustn't you know be big-headed um and I mustn't you know I have a bit of this for my parenting like it's wrong to want to be abundant and be able to have financial freedom and be able to provide the life that I want for me and my husband because I'm from a working class background and you know I wasn't brought up with much so you know money doesn't grow on trees and we have um, all of these things don't that, be greedy, don't, be greedy <laughs> don't brag oh you sound selfish and like we feel guilty as women Mm -hmm. we feel guilty for challenging some of those beliefs Mm -hmm. for investing in ourselves for prioritizing ourselves we have this guilt that we carry around with us because we want to make sure that everybody else is okay first but also it's the low-level thing of not feeling good enough and don't feel deserved of whatever it is that we want to achieve
0: Language is interesting as well isn't it because there 's a certain language that's applied to or more readily applied to successful senior women that isn't applied to to men or it has certain there are there are connotations and that kind of breaking that down to me again there's much more awareness these days isn't there but it's yeah. you must see your clients who are on the receiving end of you know, st- at no point would a senior leader male be termed like assertive in a negative way. Yeah. but, but, for, but for women leaders, it's seen as something that doesn't quite sit with their femininity, which yeah. is madness.
1: Absol- it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. That, <laughs> you know, men men are passionate, and women are um, feisty. Or do yeah. you know, I mean there's always just that edge, isn't there? And I've sat in senior teams predominantly with men and have voiced an opinion and have been basically told, you know, in a nice way to pipe pipe down and, you know, I'm all about the people, you're, you're here to represent the people. <laughs> and then the next week you hear it coming out of a male colleague's mouth and it's absolutely, we need to get behind our people. And it's like, hold on a second, I was hormonal the other week when I brought it up. And it and it still goes on now. And I think there is, I think some teams, when, the, when there are a lot of guys around them, can be quite patriarchal. I don't think they mean to be, but I think there is definitely an imbalance of... um equality of opinion and and the voice to share that and to be able to listen without judgment of what each and that goes both ways equally I think what we can do as women and Cheryl and I have observed this witnessed it and lived through it is everybody has a balance of what we call masculine and feminine energy every everybody has and sometimes when we see women who are around a lot of masculine energy because it's more you know male dominated at the top we see them Almost begin to act like their male counterparts, and really that's not comfortable for us as women. But when we do it a lot of the time, we've kind of, if you can't beat them, join them mentality. Yeah, so then you become quite disconnected from who you are, which you really then feel the impact of that in your family and things. One of the biggest things that people say to us when they come to start working with us as women is, I feel you know. I've got this huge self-doubt and lack of confidence. They don't usually say imposter syndrome because a lot of the time they don't identify that's what it is. And what I'd love is just to be happier, healthier and have more work-life balance. Like ultimately, that's what we want, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So I think there's also a misconception or maybe it's the right perception that if I do get to the senior levels, the really, really senior levels on the board, I'll have even less of a work-life balance than what I've already got because they're working flat out to try and hide the fact that they think they're not good enough to get as far as they go. And then you think, good God, what's it going to be like if I go a step further? And I think that's where the, I just want to have a family and be happy. And they don't feel like they can have both. And some of that is external, you know, how the culture and companies and the first in last out and being seen to work all hours and, you know, checking your emails at six in the morning, 12 o'clock at night. And I also think some of it we're doing to ourselves because we don't feel good enough we haven't got strong boundaries like I always say Cheryl Sonberg can work nine to five and run Facebook like the rest of us can work should be able to work 78 hours a day if we're doing it properly and still be able to have really senior roles
2: yeah I think some of that's a cultural thing and some of it's an inner game thing and there's definitely something around identity which Donna was alluding to there many of the people that we work with have lost themselves along the way and this is some of what Donna's just explained because a lot of very senior women director level women that we've worked with are going to work and they're not being themselves because of the masculine feminine energy they are being what they think people want them to be so they're not even they're not bringing their true authentic selves to the table because that maybe the culture isn't doesn't allow for that the men don't like that or unnerves the men uh, or whatever. And some of it might not even be true, but they've formed the belief in their own head that they can't be themselves because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. So they're actually holding themselves back. And they were probably hired for that, for who they were as a person. But then yeah. when they're in their role, they don't feel for whatever reason that they can be themselves in the role because of maybe it's a culture or this need to be masc- more masculine. Yeah. Um, And just to be happy. Like, you want to go to work and be happy. Let's
1: face it, we're at work longer than we are with our families most days. Yeah? So if you're turning up and you've got this mask on and this armor and you're pretending to be something else, like, that just takes so much. I did it for a lot of years. It just takes so much out of you. Mm -hmm. And actually, when you just readdress that inner balance, and oftentimes when we're working with people, nothing really changes. It's just how they see themselves in their life and their choices. You know, we do want to work with people to take them away from corporate. That's the last thing. We want more women at more senior levels in corporate positions because we think that's what the boardrooms need um, to to readdress that balance. But that's not going to be done with working on the external stuff. You know, you don't need another influencing course. You don't, you don't need to know how to run effective team meetings or whatever the courses are. It's really about working on that inner game, inner environment so that you have healthier boundaries with yourself, with your colleagues, with your family, know how to look after yourself and know how to manage, yet in a dialogue like that, you are your own biggest influence, you're with yourself 24-7. So if you're beating up on yourself constantly, that's going to take a toll on you and on your life and on the people that you love. So at some point we have to bring that into check, otherwise it just runs the show.
0: What would you say to women that might be listening who are at all levels or wanting to um, progress their careers, if naturally you'd say come and, come and work with you, but for those, um, for people that just wanna do something themselves and start the process of becoming the best version of themselves, where, where would you, what would you, what would your advice be?
1: Two things, one is, get real and get real and you don't have to work with a coach to do this but get real about what it is that you really want your life to be not from where you are now because then we do like the incremental shifts of the dial but if you were just you know if you'd won the lot ask yourself you know, if you'd won the lottery you didn't have to worry about paying mortgages like all financial things were settled what would you really want to be what would you want to do how would you want to spend your day who would you want to spend your day around and then just ask yourself what it what it is that's going on in your head that tells you that you can't have that and start talking to yourself differently so if that was if you could have all of that if it was a given <laughs> if you couldn't feel what would you do differently what would you think differently because again martin like you know we're doing the self confidence challenge next week which I know we'll talk about but it's a lot of it is just a decision a lot of it is awareness and then deciding to do something differently about it it's not a bundle happiness isn't a bundle that comes to you from an HR team like it's something that you work on that you do by getting clear about where you want to be and getting very real about where you are now and then just taking small steps each day to bridge the gap
0: I love that what what is this what's this confidence challenge
2: so yeah so we're kicking off um a five-day challenge to supercharge your confidence and it's all around increasing those levels of self-belief and your self-confidence self-knowing assurance in yourself to be able to go for whatever it is you want in life so we've got a, a private group on facebook which women can sign up to um and we're going to be running some masterclasses next week so we've got monday tuesday we- wednesday we're we'll going live um sorry and then a masterclass on the thursday and then we're having a nice class of bubbly aren't we on the friday to celebrate yeah, to celebrate,
1: celebrate
2: how much we've done. <laughs> so. Uh, We're encouraging any women who basically feel like they would like to boost their self-confidence and self-belief, to help them to take one step further towards whatever it is that they want to achieve in life, to come and join us. We like to have fun as well in these things as well. We're never all serious, and there's always
1: (laughs) and we do put a disclaimer on if you don't like swear words, we're not your coaches. Maybe
2: don't join.
0: Both of those things firsthand from you two. (laughs) This just this would be starting on Monday the first of June.
2: Monday the first of June.
1: June. And it's totally free. Five days of coaching with us. Yeah.
0: On Facebook.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they can sign up.
0: How do people find you on there?
1: So if they just if they look on our profiles on LinkedIn, you know, in your in your profile section there's a link there. So it's your supercharge self-confidence challenge. Or if they look on any of our posts on LinkedIn every day, we're putting the links on there so people could 20 seconds click register. And then you get your email inviting you into the Facebook group.
0: That's great. What what is it about? What have you achieved in now is your time that makes you the most proud? What is it, the event that oh. we, look at you both smiling? You won. <laughs> it's audio, so people can't. But um,
1: oh, god, one thing. What are the
0: what are the things in this? You know, it's been two years, and you've achieved so much. What are the things that bring uh, brought those? What are the thoughts that brought those smiles to your face?
2: Mm. What one of mine is. Um, there's loads, but one of them is I get to work with my best friend every day. Mm,
1: don't so whether
2: and I, I know we're not in HQ, but and we're at the minute we're doing it on, on Zoom, like everyone else is, yeah. but like that 10, 15 years ago, however long it was when we said we're going to come together and make a difference in the world, like our business has been going for two years now. And like my soul sisters, we call each other, we get to together make a difference we're transforming women women's lives together with my best friend and soul sister. Like what could be better than that? That's
1: it's great. It's pretty amazing.
2: It's pretty amazing. And I have like loads of obviously
1: everything Cheryl said, but you know, things like when Cheryl was in LA and then she's on TV in LA talking about now is your time with a woman that had like just girl crushed all over who is now one of our coaches, Dr. Erin Fall Haskell. You know, just seeing her on TV in LA. And then last year, one of our, again, one of our male clients said he had a surprise for us and his second book came out and we were thanked in the book under his wife and child. Like your stuff like that just blows my mind. And I was speaking to a lady last week who wanted to work with us and she said, like, well, what is it, you know, what, what's your mission? I said, oh, I just want to change people's lives. And she said to me, but you're already doing it. And I went, really? She said, yeah, she said, I tell everybody about you, she said, underneath my signature on my work email, I've got the link to your YouTube channel, <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing, but you know, it's just like, when or we'll just get a random message, Martin, from someone just saying, I've never ever liked or commented, but I just want you to know that literally, I love your posts, and every day it makes me smile, and it just, that's amazing, like that, that you have that effect to be able to have someone smile when you don't even know who they are, it's like, such a special thing, we feel so humbled and privileged that we get to be that part of people's lives if they want us to be.
0: Well I concur with that, from first-hand experience, um, you two always brighten up my my day, whether it's an email (laughs) or a a whatsapp
1: (laughs) oh ditto ditto we've loved working with you though i think you're an amazing example because you know really it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man it just makes it much easier when you're aiming for one section of the population for for us there's a when we say that we know we want people to live the best version of their lives and our mission statement it's the bit that's important of that is people who are ready people who are ready to be the best version of themselves because you can't work with someone who's not ready. And as much as you might know that you're not happy or not overjoyed with your life, you know as well as I do that once you're ready and you go, I'm ready to do the work because it's not easy the work we do. You know, being conscious of your thoughts and changing your mindset and changing the paradigms and the patterns that you have of your life and how you see yourself takes some digging deep. Like one of our modules in our group program is called Digging Deep. Because it's not easy work. If it was easy, we'd all be doing it. But mm. we just think living a life that's full of joy, the life that you want, not half the life where you're fine and you're okay. Like look at that. You know, you want to be like ecstatic and joyful every single day. It's the only pop you get at it. So that sometimes takes a little bit of work. But the rewards, as you know, Martin, like are on the other side of that self doubt and yeah. are just like amazing like the difference 12 months makes to your life is just a phenomenal right when you do the work and yeah, I think
0: it'd be uncomfortable at times but it's about um self-awareness isn't it and recognizing the difference between emotions and thoughts and you know there are a lot of those techniques and things like that of and affirmations and all that kind of stuff but yeah I've got from I've got from you too.
2: yeah I love but that. I think for you as a leader like you're inspirational in terms of the fact that you advocate that you advocate us you want to open up these conversations you Mm. this is the culture that you want to develop and evolve is absolutely amazing because a lot of corporate organizations that I have experience with um say that it's important to them yeah but then the, the reality yeah in the business isn't isn't the same they don't match where you live and breathe this stuff and it's yeah. something important to you which is very very refreshing yeah massively what's
0: what, thank you um what what's next what what are you looking forward to then for now is your time because i mean you've been on the bbc as well i thought you were going to mention that one <laughs>
2: yeah. well we're going to go one better <laughs> than that
0: one titles in though didn't they
2: <laughs> yeah, Geordie, sub, Geordie and Macam subtitles. Well, one of the things we're talking about, which is something that we're going to launch very soon, so we're going to just go... People keep telling us we need to be on TV. That's what they keep saying to us. So we're, our coach is like, why don't you just start your own TV show online? So we're like, that's a good thing. She said, you've got Anton Deck, you've got Holly and Phil, why don't we have a Donna and Cheryl? And we're like, that's a really good idea. So we're going to launch a TV production. Online across all of our channels. This is this is in the making. It's going to be like a regular show.
0: Oh, I can't wait for that! I Can can't you imagine.
2: Wait. Can you imagine?
1: I did say it should have to be after the watershed, but um... <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we'll probably do something in the daytime, and we'll we'll literally want to start doing it in June. So we're really excited. And I think for us, it's just now um, we've spent two years of finding our feet, you know, being a good coach is one thing, knowing how to make it a profitable business is something different. So the the relationships we build, as you know, Martin, like are really important to us and just having a couple of key strategic relationships where we work with companies long-term on helping them with all the stuff we've been talking about today. And then for us, we've got our own, um, privately for women who want to work with us not through their organization can do that in a group and that program's called the real you and that's six months of working with us so um that group is just phenomenal and so for us this year it's really about making sure that we're working with the right women um in that group so women who want to know about working with us if they just let us know because that's just such a special place to be it's because it's not just about the coaching from us, the community that the women build when they're in that programme and the support that they give each other is just phenomenal. It gives me goosebumps every time I drop in there and see what they're up to. So, um, so that's a big part of what we've got planned for this year as well. Just introducing more gorgeous women into that little gang.
0: Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I can't wait to see you on TV.
1: Can <laughs> <laughs> you? imagine? Just... It's <laughs> the, is only the dangerous thing, isn't it? When you mention an idea to your coach and they're like, right. When are you doing that by? And you're like, no. damn it!
2: And then I've just remembered I'm gonna to have to wear make- makeup every day, every day. Oh, well, no. it has
0: been good not being able to wear it in lockdown, hasn't it?
2: <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, have <laughs> you
1: appreciated it, Martin?
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so yes, just mo- just more of um, year three of the business. It's really about um, expansion for us, and we want to write our first book.
0: Great. I mean, I. I can't be a bigger advocate of the, the work that you've done. I've seen it myself personally, but also for my my teams, we've all we've all benefited. So I'd absolutely, I don't really do this on the podcast, but I would absolutely recommend anyone listening. You're very generous with your time and content, so mm. um, people can. I would recommend get in touch and benefit the same way I and my team have just through just through knowing you both. To be honest, not just yeah. uh, oh. what you deliver through now is your time, but so, we we mm-hmm. <laughs> badly on adver- advertisement. Um.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you so thank well. You. There's so many free resources on there. We want people just to fill the boots. That's what it's about. Paid it forward.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, thank Donna Cheryl. Thanks very much. It's great to see you and uh, see you on a TV screen soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: thank, thank you. We you. Thank, you. thank you.
0: With that. Um, Please do contact Donna and Cheryl at Now Is Your Time. If you want to find out more and follow them on LinkedIn and Facebook, they offer loads of free resources, so great people to know. Um, Coming up next week is Pete Dunn. Pete currently works at BPA Quality as the EMEA Community Engagement Manager. He's previously worked at the Forum and NPower, and we chat about various QA topics. Um, so a good one to listen to next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Stay safe. Yay!